You're listening to The Sigrun Show, episode number 343. In this episode, I talk to Jen Casey about how NLP can help you set boundaries and facilitate breakthroughs in your business. Welcome to The Sigrun Show. I'm your host, Sigrun, creator of Samba, the MBA program for online entrepreneurs. With each episode, I'll share with you inspiring case studies and interviews to help you achieve your dreams and turn your passion into profits. Thank you for spending time with me today. Building an online business takes time. I share with you proven strategies to help you get there faster. You'll also learn how to master your mindset, up-level your marketing, and succeed with masterminds. On today's episode, I speak with Jen Casey, who is a business strategy and LLP coach for online coaches and network marketeers who want to turn their social media into sales. Jen is also the host of the top-rated Inner Boss podcast. Before we dive in, I want to share a review from Apple Podcasts from Britta Boschanen from Germany. Sigrun is very authentic and shares valuable information for everyone who wants to set up a great online business. I'm so happy to have found her because her realistic view and her clarity helps me a lot. Thank you so much, Britta. I would also appreciate to hear from you, dear listeners. And I would love if you left me a review on Apple Podcasts and maybe you'll hear your name mentioned in an upcoming episode. Go to signal.com forward slash 343 to find links to Jen Casey and the show notes of this episode. I am so excited to be here with Jen Casey, who I met in James Wetmore's Mastermind. And I have loved hearing about NLP and everything you can do with it because I just know it from Tony Robbins, but now I know it from Jen. Jen, thank you for coming on the show. Oh, I'm so honored. This is so much fun. (laughs) (laughs) So before we dive into the actual topic of the episode, how come you do what you do today? Ooh, that's a big question. Well, when I first was getting introduced to entrepreneurship, it really came out of a need for money, like many, many people. And I was pursuing a career as a performer, musical theater performer and actor traveling, doing Shakespeare. And I just saw that so many people in my field and in, in that field then were struggling financially. And even if they had a big Broadway debut, a few months later, the show closed and they were kind of back to the grind, back to hustling and going to auditions and working in restaurants. And I just remember thinking, that's not going to be me. I need to like have the control over my life. I wanted to do create something outside of that. And that was when I started doing actually network marketing. And that was my first introduction to, oh, wait, I can show up online. I can coach people. I can provide a service, solve a problem and get paid for it. Wait, this is amazing. And then from there, I did that for a couple of years and then transitioned into business coaching. I think a good rule of thumb for like, when should you transition is if you really hate answering questions about that certain topic, like I remember clients reaching out like, what are the best greens to eat? And I just knew I was like, I'm done with health coaching. I just, it's not my passion. And all I wanted to do was talk about like business strategy and mindset. And so I, I had transitioned into specifically with health coaches and network marketers. 
And then I went to Tony Robbins and I, I had, I have a degree in psychology. I had planned on going down that road of pursuing a doctorate in psychology back in college. And I was like, no, I have to feed my soul. And that was how I ended up in theater. But I got introduced to Tony Robbins many years back. And I finally said, I'm going to go to one of his events. And I remember leaving that first event. It was Unleash the Power Within and coming home to like my giant coaching group and realizing why they were so stuck, realizing that it wasn't just about the strategy. And I remember thinking, not that I should compare myself to Tiger Woods, but I had remembered hearing a story about him that he was at the top of his game and he decided to remove himself because he wanted to go work on his swing. And it was like a one millimeter shift in his swing, but he wanted to go move himself in the game so that he could refine that. And then when he came back, he just dominated even more so. And for me, I knew that I wasn't serving at my highest level if I was just giving people a strategy because I was looking at my class going, okay, well, maybe out of 100 people, 25% are crushing it. They're like making their first five-figure months. Then there's like this mid-range of people who are making their first sale and they're a little bit newer and moving like at that pace. Then there was like another 25% of people who were very active, but not really taking responsibility for their business and wanting people to fix things for them. And then another percentage of people just didn't show up at all. They bought a course and then they never opened it. And I was looking at that going, why is there such a widespread of results when everybody is being given the exact same opportunities, the exact same strategy, and the exact same space to show up? They're giving the same tools and resources. And what I started to notice was the people who were really successful, it really had to do with the way that they perceived business, the way that they perceived their potential. And when they had a different outlook and a different mindset on what was possible, they showed up for the work and they were excited to do it. And they took crazy amounts of action. That was really when I said, okay, I've got to figure out this NLP piece because <laughs> I need to be able to incorporate this into what I'm teaching on the highest possible level of mastery. So I went and I got NLP certified, um, hypnosis, EFT, all a bunch of things, and then went and got the master practitioner uh, certification, which was really amazing. And I mean, just life-changing for me. And it's been so incredibly fun to bring that back to, to my students and clients. Mm. So you were inspired by Tony Robbins. I'm a Tony Robbins fan too. And yes. I know, I know you go regularly. How many times have you gone? I do. i been I think to four different events and it was so interesting because I went to Unleash the Power Within two years ago and then I went back a couple of months ago and I don't want to say that the magic was gone but the magic was different because now that I have all of the knowledge of NLP what he teaches is straight out of the handbook he just makes it sexy and I remember I was there with a couple of friends who had just done their practitioner training and we were texting each other like oh my gosh, he's doing this. He's doing that. These are the things he's doing. We know all of these exercises. Holy shit, like, this is crazy. I can't believe that he's, how did he make this seem so cool and so different? But then what I was really able to appreciate was him and the environment that they facilitated. Instead of like focusing so much on the content, I was really able to appreciate how he commands the stage, how he commands attention, how you cannot look away from him, how he creates so much certainty in his body. And I was like, that's what I want to figure out now. Mm, that's so true because I went back, I went in 2008 
And then I did the whole thing, Unleash the Power Within, Wealth Mastery. Business Mastery didn't exist back then. And then Date with Destiny. So I went back to Date with Destiny 10 years later. And it was different. Like you said, the magic wasn't necessarily gone, but you, you observe it. I wasn't a coach 10 years ago. So now I was like, oh, okay, that's what he's doing. No, no, no. And I've not done LLP. But, you know, obviously through doing a lot of training, you just become aware of what's happening. But you're right. I start to admire the business model. I start to admire someone who is a great presenter and can command the stage and can, you know, I love the breakthroughs. Like when he's coaching someone, like that's my favorite part. Oh, yeah. That is so much fun to watch. And I think when I went to date with Destiny, there was still a whole lot of magic in not just how he's, because there's a very specific structure that he uses for the breakthroughs. But the way that he can just call upon the information and use it so fluidly and just pull metaphors out of like the air (laughs) that just cut through the noise for that individual. And I'm sitting there going, what is he talking about? But he's really just speaking to their subconscious mind. And all of a sudden you just see them light up and totally shift and have that, that breakthrough. And it's amazing to watch. And I think that is like the most fun thing for me about coaching, being able to facilitate that for someone. So basically you did the NLP training and then you went back to your coaching group. So what does this mean now for you? What can you do with your clients that you couldn't do before? Well, I would say the first thing, it just made me really aware of their language and listening to the things that they say and the beliefs that pop up when we're having conversations. And when they're asking questions in the past, especially being a newer coach earlier in the days. Like I just wanted to answer every question. I wanted to fix all their problems. I wanted to come in and save the day and like save their business and scoop them up. And obviously that created a lot of confusing boundaries for people because you give a man a fish, he eats for a day. You teach him how to fish, he eats for a lifetime. So I was just like, here's a fish, here's a fish, here's a fish, here's a fish. Cause I just kept giving them the answers. And that was coming from my own misunderstanding and my own, a little bit of insecurity of that. I need to over deliver over the years, obviously this has shifted. And then adding in the NLP on top of that, I started to really listen to the things that they were saying, really pay attention to what questions they were asking to better understand, okay, what is the belief under this? What what is the question beneath the question? And what is the belief that's motivating the real question? And sometimes my clients are like, oh, what are you doing, Jan? You're just like messing with my head. Like, what are you asking? And they get all frustrated. And I'm like, listen, you're here because you want to change. If I just give you the answers, I'm robbing you of the breakthrough. So let's really understand what the real question is. And we'll kind of talk through it and do the work. And that's more so with my like higher level clients or you know, my mid-level coaching students. But I also try to inject little bits and pieces of that in my courses. So that's been really fun. Like I just started like revamping a course. And because I know the same questions kind of come up at different times or people get quote unquote stuck, I've started to incorporate little like NLP language patterns and things like that. So I think it's been fun to mix that in and kind of like nip those things right away before they become this like giant story for that person. But here's an example. Like I I had some group coaching people come in. They were brand new to the program. And you know, when students or, or clients, they buy a new course, especially if they're a newer entrepreneur, it's like the first day of school jitters. And they like, they come to the first call, they've got their pencil sharpened, they got their notebook ready, all their pages printed. And like, there's all this expectation and all this fear and all this excitement. And oh my God, my life's about to change. And then they start going through the program and they start hitting their own personal roadblocks. 
I'm like, this is not school. You don't need to dot every I and cross every T. You need to extract the information and implement it. And that's, an, that's a difficult thing for people to understand. And so I remember, this was a couple months ago, I had posted inside the group. I said, hey guys, I'm going to do a live Q&A tomorrow. Post below and let me know what your questions are. And within a few minutes, that started filling up. And I want to say 90% of the people who posted began their statement or their question with, I'm really struggling with dot, dot, dot. I'm really stuck on dot, dot, dot. And I was like, oh, heck no. Like, this is not, <laughs> we're not doing this. So instead, I got on, I wrote back to a girl and I said, are you stuck or do you just not have the answer yet? And she wrote back, well, that's the same thing. And I said, no, it's not. And I was like, okay. So I jumped on video and I kind of spoke to them about the way that their subconscious mind works when you're giving it certain language. And so I said, okay, you are perceiving the world through your five senses. And this is how all of our minds work, right? We're taking in information. Subconsciously, we're taking in 2.3 billion bits per second. Consciously, we're taking in 126 bits per second. And that's our brain, our reticular activating system, helping us to survive so that we're not overwhelmed with more information. So our five senses are taking things in. And then because we have to chunk down all of that information, our minds are deleting, distorting, and generalizing the information that we're consuming. And then from those deletions, distortions, and generalizations, we are creating what are called internal representations. If I said, don't think of a blue tree, your conscious mind has to think of a blue tree before you can remove it. So I said to them, when you are using language like, I am stuck, I am struggling, what pictures are you creating? And now sometimes people will say, well, I'm not thinking of any pictures. You are, but their pictures are probably just moving so quickly so you just have to like consciously try to slow them down so that you can really see what, what you're creating. And so a couple of the girls responded. They said, when I use the word struggling or stuck, I have a picture of myself standing in concrete. I see a picture of myself standing in mud and I can't move my feet. And I was like, okay, well, you, that's amazing that you can recognize that now and realize that when you have those pictures, your subconscious mind is like, okay, got it. No problem. You're stuck. And it's not going to allow you to find those answers. Like when you're, and it, and it starts to impact your state. And there's a lot of Tony Robbins talks about a lot of this too. He's very much about your physiology and your state, your emotional state. Are you like a high vibration? Are you like a low, heavy vibration? And when you're in that, when you're creating those pictures of stuck, how does that affect your energy? Will you go into a lower vibrational state? And then from that state, when you're in that state and you're thinking those thoughts, it impacts your behavior. Because everything, when you're in a low state, everything's a problem. Do you go and jump on the live video? Do you sit down and write out the inner work to find that breakthrough? Do you get on that client call and close the sale? No. You sit and you watch Netflix or you drink or you do whatever it is that you do to, or you scroll Instagram, whatever it is that matches that state. And then from there, that's what impacts your results. So all of these things are connected. And I think when people start to just even recognize like, oh, I'm thinking in pictures and movies and that's impacting the way that I show up, I think that's a really empowering, I know it was for me, an empowering breakthrough to say, okay, whoa, why am I thinking these pictures? Why, why am I thinking about this? Where did these come from? Why am I playing these stories and situations out? And, you know, when we talk about, you know, manifestation or the law of attraction or even just going after what you want, if you've got all these negative pictures that you're creating in your mind, 
what you focus on expands. So you're just going to get more of that. And you can look at it from this spiritual metaphysical perspective of that it's vibration and energy, or you can look at it from the psychology perspective of NLP of like, you have a picture in your mind, it creates a state that impacts your physiology, it creates a behavior, and then that's what you get in terms of a result. So it's kind of like the psychology concept of a self-fulfilling prophecy, that whatever you believe to be true and possible for yourself is the outcome that you're going to get. That's one of the biggest things I think that I've really been able to bring into my coaching programs because that's something that comes up no matter what stage you're at. I hear the overwhelm word a lot. And that's similar. You said struggling and stuck, so you didn't use overwhelm, but I was just thinking in my head, overwhelm. That's a lot of people that use that. And obviously they are stuck and struggling <laughs> as well. And I'm like, that's like an excuse for not taking action. Mm-hmm. That's a big one that comes up as well in a lot of my groups. And when they say I'm overwhelmed, really what they're describing, well, they're, like our brains are trying to organize and generalize things to make it easier to express what's happening for us. And it's like when people are trying to work out. So like a lot of my clients are fitness clients. And I'm like, okay, it's like when your clients come to you and say, well, I'm just lazy. That's not an affliction. You don't have a disease. You're in a state and you're putting an umbrella understanding of it by saying, oh, it's lazy or, oh, it's overwhelmed. And so when people say I'm overwhelmed, I'm always challenging their belief on that because it's, it could be a lot of different things. So I'm like, okay, overwhelm. What do you specifically mean by that? And when we start to unbox it, I'm like, okay, so you've got a lot of things on your plate. Is it possible that instead of overwhelm, you're actually just overstimulated and that your brain is literally depleted? So when we're like taking in too much information, we start to exhaust the glucose in our brain that helps us make decisions. We can tax our brain with too much cortisol and then we we get like brain fog and we burn out. And for entrepreneurs who are trying to do anything and everything, especially in the early stages when you're just trying to figure it out, you're like, oh, I should be on Instagram and I should be on Pinterest and I should be on YouTube and I should be doing discovery calls and this and that. And that. It can be overwhelming, but that doesn't mean you are overwhelmed. It probably just means you are overstimulated and that opens up a new opportunity to create a choice of like, okay, well, if I'm overstimulated, then that simply means I am trying to consume too much information at once. And if I'm trying to consume too much information at once, well, now it's just become a solvable problem. I can consume less and take more action or get support and help. So I think for a lot of people, they, they have these ideas and these internal representations of like, this is overwhelm. Or people will say, well, I'm nervous to get on live video. I'm like, how do you know you're nervous? I don't know. I'm like, well, tell me, what are the things that you're identifying in your body and mind that are telling you that you've categorized as nervous. They're like, well, I'm sweating. I have the jitters. I'm like, how do you know that's not excitement? How do you know you're not excited? It's the same physiological response. Is it possible that you're actually excited? And they're like, oh, yeah. What if I choose to make this mean that I'm excited? Well, that's a different picture that you create. Same physiological response, different meaning. So I think a lot of this stuff creates a lot more flexibility around what we choose, it's all about what we make things mean. Like the reason that people don't succeed is because of the stories that we create. It's like a totally arbitrary or factual thing happens and then we build a story around it. And that's what either moves us forward or holds us back. And you say there could be in a program people with the same opportunities and the same thing happened to them 
and one person makes a positive story out of it and takes action and the other one decides to be overwhelmed by it or they don't think they decided it but right it's just fact to them and that's the trickiest things about beliefs where people have beliefs and if you understand that it's a belief there's more opportunity for change but most people don't see their beliefs as beliefs they see them as facts you have to work hard to make money oh that's not a belief that's a fact other people have an easier life than me. No, everything in my life has proven that to be true, so it's a fact. So that's really what becomes a little bit trickier as a coach is first helping them even become aware that that's not fact. It's only fact if they choose to live their life that way and choose to look at their 126 bits of evidence (laughs) through the lens of that belief because when we're taking in that 126 bits of information consciously, we're filtering it through our mood through location, through our language, through our values, our beliefs, and our identity. That's why two people can go into the same movie, one person walk away and go, that was the best movie I've ever seen, it changed my life, and the other person was like, that was the biggest piece of crap I've ever seen. Because we have totally different filters. It's like going into a movie and and wearing those 3D glasses. People's beliefs are like walking around with those 3D glasses on. We've got the red blockers and the blue blockers. Sure, when you leave the movie, you can take off the glasses. But most people, they've just got red filter or blue filter. And they're just walking around with that and they don't know how to take off the glasses or take off the beliefs. They don't even recognize that they exist because it's just the way that it is. And they've created this model of the world. And the reason this becomes an issue for a lot of people is because these are stories and beliefs that many of us built and created from zero to seven years old. Because when you're a little kid, you are like a walking subconscious mind. There is no identity really built yet. And so you're just taking in every single thing that you see and hear on TV and from your parents and from your family and from society. And most adults have not updated that programming and have not said, hmm, do I actually want to believe that? Or is that my dad's belief system around money? Do I actually want to believe that? Or is that my mom's version of like what a wife and mother is supposed to be? So I think that's a fun and sometimes scary thing for people to look at because not everybody is ready to change and wanting to change. Yeah. I remember watching the documentary, coming back to Tony Robbins, I'm not your guru. I guess the reporter or the guy doing the movie asked him, like, how come so many people have so many breakthroughs? And he said, they come when they're ready. Mm. So I think if you're a coach and you have a coaching program, there might be people in there that are just not ready to change. Even if you, you have the right strategies, like you ask those questions, you focus on their beliefs and shifting their beliefs, they just will not budge. And that can be a challenge. And I think for, you know, definitely when I was a newer coach, that was a little bit more of a challenge because I was in the, the lack mindset of, I'm just going to take anyone and everyone into my programs. I'll work with anyone. I'll fix you all, right? Even when I was doing health and wellness. And I think looking back, that got me in, I don't say it got me in a lot of trouble, but it definitely created more conflict than good. Like it created more lack in my life than abundance, even though I was taking on more people because those people were not niche specific. They were not necessarily ready for coaching. And so then I was kind of running around like a chicken with my head cut off, trying to figure out how to serve all of these different people's needs as opposed to really focusing on one clear outcome that they, they wanted. And so now when I'm 
showing up for coaching, I'm really clear about who I do and do not want to work with. And I think, I don't want to say it's a challenging thing because I think anybody can step into it. But I know in the past, some of my clients have felt resistance around that because they're like, oh my God, I'm going to tell somebody, like someone's going to come to me. They're going to fill out my form. We're going to be on a discovery call. And really like you've told people like, no, we're not the right fit. I'm like, yeah, not only is that saving both of us wasted time, energy, effort, money, but it's also an integrity because I'm not going to take on a client that I don't really feel excited to work with who I know is giving me some red flags and is not my person and that's okay. And now when I'm like bringing on new people, whether it's in my programs or in one-on-one coaching, which I don't do a whole lot of anymore, I have certain ground rules that I give people so that I can create clear boundaries and expectations. So first of all, there's a couple of principles for success of like, always know your outcome. They've got to take action. They've got to be paying attention to their results being willing to change because if people are, are not open to the possibility, not saying that they're going to always like dive headfirst into the breakthrough, but they've got to at least come in with the expectation that it's not necessarily going to always feel fun and good. There are going to be moments where they're going to have to step into something that might feel a little uncomfortable. Focusing on excellence and living in gratitude and integrity. And those are kind of like the NLP six principles for success. And then the other big thing that I really speak to very early on in any of my programs is this idea of cause versus effect. Like you want to be at cause. So a lot of times when, you know, certain people will come into a group coaching program or you're not really screening people, they'll always be like those handful of people who ask a lot of questions, but they're disempowered questions. They want all the extra attention. They're sending you emails. They are, they want you to build their business for them. You know, they're just in, in a constant state of like, overwhelm and panic and survival mode really was is a great way to put it right and so a lot of times those people are living the majority of their life at effect which means they're looking outside of them for they're finding reasons why things aren't working well this isn't working because you know my mom was mean to me when i was little or you know i guess i'm just like overwhelmed because like the tech never works for me and i'm not a techie person like it's never their responsibility to make that change they don't see it that way And those are people that even if they come in saying like, I'm ready for change, I can't help that person at all until they get at cause, until they get to cause, until they start to take responsibility for their own business and their own results. Because like as a coach, it's not your job to fix that person. It's not your job to build that person's business. It's your responsibility to deliver on your promise, hold that space for them and help them get to that desired end result that whatever your course, product, program or service has said, this is what we're doing. And I know Tony talks about this too, Tony Robbins, that in the past, he's like, I used to take people through those like individual breakthroughs and he's like, I would kick them through the door, kick them through the breakthrough. And I remember being at Date with Destiny and there was actually this one woman who was extremely resistant and kept coming up with all of these reasons. This went on for an hour to the point where like 5,000 people are legitimately yelling at this woman, like, sit down, you're done. It was getting like real intense in there. And we were all kind of surprised that Tony was just allowing this to happen, but he was really giving it his all. And he said, listen, I used to kick people through the door when they weren't having the breakthrough. And what I realized is that that doesn't last. I did that for some people like who were, you know, smokers back in the day. And 10 years later, this guy came back to him and said, you didn't program me right. <laughs> okay. And Tony was like, what are, you, what? what are you talking about? He's like, 
you know, 10 years ago, you helped me quit smoking or whatever the amount of time was. He's like, oh, okay. He's like, and I'm smoking again. So you didn't program me right. And Tony's like, well, how long were you not smoking? He's like, well, I stopped smoking for three years, but then this external circumstance of his life happened. He's like, and I started smoking again. So it's your fault. You got to fix me. You're not, you're like a liar. And he was like, it's because I tried to do it for him and kicked him through the door versus providing the space for him to either choose to have the breakthrough, choose to take full responsibility for his results or not. And so as we're sitting there in this room of 5,000 people, this woman is going carrying on about why she can't get to the next level because of like all her past traumas. And, and I mean, the things that were coming out of her mouth were like, oh my God, lady, like, you know, she was very significance driven. And Tony was like, sit down, I'm done. I'm done with you. He's like, guys, I really wish this could have been an incredible breakthrough so that you could have all watched that. But this is almost more powerful. This wasn't a breakthrough. This was a warning. Oh man, the whole room was just like, <gasps> a warning. Can you imagine being called a warning by Tony freaking Robbins? I mean, the, the energy of that room was so uncomfortable. And I remember him saying, I know for a lot of you people pleasers, you're going to be really tempted to go over to this woman and comfort her and, you know, make her feel okay about what happened because you are feeling uncomfortable because you are feeling embarrassed for her. But if you do that, you will undo all of the work that we just did because you will validate her bad behavior. We were all like, oh my God, this is so intense. We we're all like, I just like feel icky. Like all of my whole row, we we're all like, oh, this is so awkward. But he was right. He was right that that was what she needed. She needed to be called out and not reinforced for being at effect because she was not willing to take responsibility. She just wanted to take up space and get attention. And it was like one of the, the cooler and more impactful things to watch. But I think, you know, when we look at coaching, we often do have that temptation to save those people who are at effect in our coaching programs. And I think when we get into a habit of trying to answer every single question in our groups, perfectly finding all the right answers, I don't know about you, but I noticed early on in my coaching business that when I would do that, all of a sudden, those people who were at effect would take up all the space in the group. Like they were just the energy sucks. The people who actually were the people who I wanted to work with and serve and connect with who were crushing it, they didn't want to show up in the groups anymore. They didn't want to show up to calls because they weren't getting the value that they needed because these other people were being given all of this attention for bad behavior. I've actually started to notice this because uh, anyone can sign up for my Samba program. And we do actually have a no refund policy, but we do kick out a few people behind the scenes because I notice in the first three, four days who is going to be an energy sucker and ruin the environment or the progress everyone else can make and behind the scenes we kick them out and I've not talked publicly about this before but I'm sharing it here <laughs> <laughs> because it's it's so important to kind of realize that I know now from running this program over two years who I do not want in there we've had a few people in there and uh, the program is 12 months so at some point they've left but if I notice in the first few days somebody is like I'm like, yeah, what's their red flag? <laughs> yeah, the red flags. It's, yeah. it's like, it's asking questions, certain types of questions where I say, they didn't watch the onboarding video. They didn't read the welcome email. It's almost like they are annoyed that we are not 
holding their hand and doing everything for them. And it's literally just been two days since they joined the program. I'm sorry, it's a 12-month program. You're <laughs> not too supposed to see progress right away. And then we kick them out. I think that's so powerful. And like you have just saved yourself and your team and that person a lot of frustration. Yeah. Because that's the person, that's the type of the person that comes back six months later and goes, I, I want a refund or I want to leave. This isn't working because they're not at cause. It doesn't matter. They could literally be given a million dollar strategy on a silver platter. No, they wouldn't do it because they were looking for someone to do it for them. Right. But I loved what you mentioned about boundaries. So let's say you're someone is a newer coach or someone who hasn't figured this out yet and people are really kind of calling on them and expecting them to answer every question and solve every problem. What do you say to them? Well, first I would ask them what type of boundaries they set up front because it could just be finding those people of the boundaries. Like one of my courses is an evergreen course and it's not group coaching. And so, you know, I jump on there once a month for live Q&A and occasionally I'll pop in and, and answer some questions if I see that like same question coming up again and again. And I'm just like, okay, well, it's just, I'm going to help them more if I could just answer that right now instead of waiting two weeks for the live Q&A. But it is a community-led group. And so when people start tagging me in things, <laughs> I have um, another Facebook page that's Team Hey Jen Casey and that account will go in and just kindly remind that person like, hey. Jen does not answer questions inside the Facebook group. She will be on live on this day. Make sure that you can either be there live or on the thread provided, drop your question. So we'll do that, those types of things now. In the beginning, when people were you know, out of control and I didn't set boundaries, I think that really comes down to, I mean, for me at least, what I would do is I would shift the way that I'm responding to those questions by not directly answering all of those questions and giving them those reframes. Like where I said before, you know, those people were like, I'm stuck, I'm struggling. You know, they were not taking responsibility and like whoever started that energy, it just started to snowball. And so thankfully I was like, okay, we gotta, we gotta cut this off right now. So I was able to say, okay, that's not how we show up in this course. And not just like, you know, wagging my finger at them going like, you're not allowed to say the word overwhelm. You're not allowed to say this word stuck. You're not allowed to say the word struggling. I'm like, you can choose to say them, but it's not going to serve you. And here's why. So let's just like, as a group, agree that this is going to be a space where when you show up to ask questions, you ask them from a place of looking for solutions. You ask them from a place of, you know, you're allowed to be stuck. You're allowed to need clarity. So let's find better ways to ask those questions and really stepping in as a coach and helping because it's just a lack of education. It's their mindset. They don't know how to show up. Maybe they've never been in a group coaching program before. So really teaching them early on the best possible ways to show up in that program. And I think you can pretty quickly identify there's probably going to be like, depending on how many people are in the group, at least one person, maybe two, three people who really get it, who really click in. And just throw all of your energy towards those people and encourage them and like privately reach out and thank them and support them and let them know that they are a leader in that group and that they are showing other people. Because when you give those people a little bit of encouragement, they want to step up. They want to help the overall group. They get excited that you are personally recognizing them. And I think those are the types of people, especially if you've got like an evergreen program or some kind of ongoing membership or even a 12-month program, those are going to be the people that with your encouragement will set the tone for the group. 
and prevent it from going down the path of people going and complaining and, and being over the top to, you know, people being more empowered. Mm. It's almost like rewarding the positive behavior instead of the bad behavior. Yes, because we oftentimes, especially as newer coaches, that's the thing where people will end up not being clear about how to set those expectations. They are freaking out because they're being tagged 10 times in a day by the same person. That's like, you know, I remember early in one of my courses, we had like a, we were like, we'll get back to you within 24 to 48 hours. On weekends, it was a little longer. And there was like one or two people, it was like 115 people in this group, one or two people that took all of the energy of the group, took all of the space of the group. I'm like, it's 150 people. No one else can get a word in edgewise. This person would be like, ask a question. You don't answer it within an hour. Hey, did you see my question? And we would purposely not answer them. And they would leave all of this stuff, tagging, retagging, bumping the post, bumping the post. Other people in the group are seeing that and they're going to start to notice, is that being rewarded? And so as a coach, you've got a model. You've got to lead by example. It might be a little painful for those of you who are people pleasers to not answer that question, especially when you're getting 50 notifications about it. You just want it to go away, but just don't answer it. Just pretend like you're not on social media. Those are not your office hours. And people will start to get it and they will start to respect those boundaries. Because if you're not respecting boundaries and you're teaching them about how to show up as a coach, they're not going to know how to hold space and create boundaries for their clients. So if you feel uncomfortable doing it for yourself, just realize that you are actually serving them by creating better boundaries. So true. Very true. So Jen, how do people find you online? What's the best way to follow you? So I am everywhere on social media at Hey Jen Casey. I'm really hanging out a lot on Instagram these days. Um, and then my website is HeyJenCasey.com as well. Mm, great. So we'll link this in the show notes as well so that people don't have to, uh, especially if they're listening on, on the go. Jen, it's been a pleasure. We can talk about this forever as, as Tony Robbins fans, both of us and NLP. I think it's amazing how you can uh, shift people's beliefs with simple metaphors and making them realize that this is just a story, this is just a belief. And by shifting their belief, we can help a lot more people make a change. Absolutely. Go to sign.com forward slash 343 to find links to Jen Casey and the show notes of this episode. Thank you for listening to The Sigrun Show. Did you enjoy this episode? Let me know that you listened by tagging me in your Insta story or Instagram post and using the hashtag Sigrun Show. See you in the next episode. <laughs>